Say something. It's like a podcast, but it's a vodcast, so you can listen and watch. It's like news talk or sports talk, but it's life talk, so we can walk the road together. On today's show, Sally Lloyd-Jones, New York Times bestselling author, chats with us about gifting, purpose, and hope. Neither. I think sometimes what it's all about God's timing and mm-hmm. His yeah. timing. You don't miss out. And He can give in a, a year what you could have taken 10 in your own strength trying to do. Right. And yeah. yes. Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. Really are carpooling, so we we're really gonna go. Bring a child home from school. Yeah, we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna <laughs> drop we're gonna <laughs> drop Ella off. So, one thing that Sally is in Sally's in Dallas. Yeah, um, to meet some friends here, but also to talk about this, which is her new book. Sally Lloyd Jones is a New York Times bestselling author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, and her latest, Goldfish on Vacation, a completely true made-up story. She can be found at SallyLloydJones.com, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. And it is so good. Oh my gosh. And I'm passing it back to you to take a peek. Because when I heard you read that the other day, I really did, and I told you this, that it made me think of blueberries for Sal. Oh. We, I like it as much as any of the Virginia Lee Burton books, which we have read oh. over oh, and over wow. and over. And wow, that's it just a huge compliment. has that great feel. So I hope you keep, one of these too. keep going on those because it's so good. But tell us a little bit about this book and kind of, you know, what's taken okay. you into this world of beautiful storytelling that reaches not only children, but adults. Oh, well, that's my favorite children's books are the ones that you can love as an adult, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's, um, I'm going to butcher the quote, but of course C.S. Lewis said there's no such thing as a children's book that's only good for children. But uh, I, he said it better. But I really believe that. But anyway, this book, as I say to, I like to say to children, is a completely true made up story. And I was reading just with yes. you the other day yes. at a lovely tea that we had, a mother's, mother-daughter tea. Similar to the lovely experience in this it's car. Very similar. We have know, mother's with the dirty socks. Tea. We That's have right. dirty socks, um, sort of plastic, horrid, nasty yes. things that we're drinking out of. It was all very similar to that, yes. yes. Except they had silver trays. Yes. And they had uh, juice packs on silver trays yeah. for the children. I thought Aww. that was fantastic. Anyway, I did a reading and I said, to the children this is a completely true made-up story and then this very intelligent child said oh so you mean it's historical fiction oh, wow. That's right. and I thought wow she's clever isn't she yeah and a reader yeah but I call it completely true made up because historical fiction sounds if I say that it doesn't sound so good no and it sounds who wants to read that just if the I say a tiny bit scary a little bit um, anyway, and I, I, I probably wouldn't know how to write that. You know, that sounds like something you don't know how to write, but I know how to make a completely made up true story. Yes. It's, so yeah. this story really happened in New York and it happened about 10 years ago. And there was this fountain right near where I live with a beautiful eagle on it. It was made by the same people who did Grand Central. I can't quite remember the name of the architect. That's amazing. It's marble, it's beautiful pink marble. But it was run down, had graffiti, it had ivy all growing in it, and they used it like a garbage pit. And then once, and it was kind of sad to see it. And then one summer, this young guy, no one asked him to do it, no one paid him to do it, just decided he was going to clean it. So he got rid of the ivy, cleared up the garbage, got cleaned off the graffiti, and filled the basin of the fountain with clear water. 
and put in lily pads and papyrus and oh. and reeds and then he put up a, a sign that said and this is when I was like he said coming in two weeks goldfish looking for a summer home I mean, and that's so, so clever and I thought oh this is interesting and then two weeks later sure enough all the children in the neighborhood all the goldfish children all the goldfish parents brought their goldfish and put them in the fountain in the basin because it's quite big dropped them off and visited them all through the summer and then picked them up at the end of the summer holidays oh my goodness so of people course. brought their own goldfish yes and they went on vacation and That's it was all the children awesome and so but of course the question we all have is how do you know you got your goldfish <laughs> and and uh... and that's addressed in the book but I just there was something about that story that first of all moved me and I have learnt if it moves me I need to pay attention yeah and then right. the other thing about it was I thought that's such a picture of what how there's something of God in that I, yeah. I just there's something beautiful and redemptive it's such a picture of when we we might be all run down and broken and filled with garbage but like that man he saw something he saw yes. the beauty beneath all of that and that's how God he knows us and he knows we're beautiful even though we might have things wrong and we might not be our best and he's like that man so there was something in it that just made me it want to write really it so beautiful and the made-up bit is that I took my lovely nieces and nephews and made them live in New York wishful thinking they don't they live in London but made them live in New York and they were the children that the story's about so that's the made up oh. bit. so you see it is a made up completely true story it is I love it. So, and it's beautiful and the illustration is just fantastic and I, I can't say enough about the illustration because really a picture is book beautiful. it's a story told in two languages mm -hmm. and when they're both Here's working the fountain. see there's the lovely fountain and the lovely oh, I love that it's just so good yeah which is amazing that the illustrator did that and um, I sent I sent mm. him pictures of the fountain I never sent him pictures of my nieces and nephews but they look exactly like my nieces and nephews oh, and I, love I, that. I gave it to them just about two weeks ago when I was in England and it probably was the first time when I because I write books and they've grown too much you know it's like C.S. Lewis said in in the Chronicles of Narnia to Lucy you've grown you're too big now to like fairy tales maybe one day you'll grow up enough to like them back again because by the time he'd finished it she was too old for the story and often right. that happens but this book right. they loved so it mm. was exactly the right age for them oh that's even so though they're, they're not little but I think a picture book can last well I still like well it. it's clever and I laughed at it and well I like that I know I and very genuinely because yes, I thought yeah. it was very funny <laughs> well you're the you it was lovely to have you So tell us a little bit about what got you started into writing. Like what compelled you? I would love to know because we talked a little bit, but just about your giftedness. I think that people can kind of downplay their purpose and giftedness in life mm -hmm. and avoid or not embrace it. And I love to hear how you found that in yourself and how oh, you landed there. Yeah, I always loved um, writing, but I didn't land on children's books until quite late. And I also, as I'm sure a lot of all of us especially women we tend to have so much self-doubt and self-questioning at least yes. I did yes and as a little girl I thought I want to be a writer but I'm not good enough and I grew up mm. thinking that so it was a funny mix of having a really big dream mm -hmm. that I believed in but at the same time I kept saying yeah but I'm not good enough so it's mm. that funny I think you can have both can't you yeah and I I now look at that as 
you're in your own way. And my job now. Oh, I love that. You're in your own way. Mm -hmm. Like, um, get out of the yeah. way. And what I helped think, you get over that? Um, it was long. I ended up working in publishing. So I was doing, I was on the wrong side of the desk. I was working on other people's writing, not mine. But God's master plan was, that was training me. Right. I, I became an art director, which is hugely important in my work. The fact that mm. I'm visual and I understand right. design yes. is huge. I had yes. to I had to have that skill. But also what started to happen was I w worked for a packager, which is a, they don't do them so much now, but back then in the time of dinosaurs, <laughs> Yes. Um, they used to, I, I think I remember those times they used where to, there was a cord on a phone yes. those days. Yes. <laughs> and they used to hire someone called a packager. A publisher would hire a packager mm -hmm. to do books that did anything weird, like if they had uh, flaps or they oh, squeak, or like a pop up or, or anything like that, yeah. they'd hire a packager. And I worked for a packager. And the great thing about that was you had a sort of magazine publishing type of schedule, it was really fast. And they never had money to pay an author, so you as the editor had to come up with the ideas and you usually had to come up with four titles in the series of a flat book series, right? Because that would make lots more money if you had four books. Right. And then you had to come up with the stories to go in those four books. So I really? ended up writing the stories without realizing I was writing. I was just doing it as part of my job. Wow. So that was lovely wow. for Lord to kind of make that, that amazing? And then my nephew was born and I thought, Suddenly, instead of thinking, oh, I should sound like this, these children's book writer, I should sound like a children's book writer, which is terrifying, because what is that? You know, you're going to think, well, I'm supposed to be like C.S. Lewis, or I'm supposed to be like, you know, name, you know, Winnie the Pooh, right. you know, A.A. Milne. And then a publisher said to me, because I had come up with an idea for a book, but I was intimidated to write it. Because I felt like if I write it, I'm going to find out I can't write. That was my dread, was oh, if I really, fear. I'm right. really not going to be able to do uh, Even though I'd done these little stories for the packager, they weren't literary. And my, my dream was to write picture books. Because wow. those, to me, they're poetry and they're just beautiful. And so he said to me, well, you don't have to write it. We could get someone else. And I said, oh, no, 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 I can't. I knew that wasn't right. Right. And I think he saw the terror in my face and he said, well... <laughs> just write what makes you laugh. You're very funny. Mm -hmm. And I went, well, I know what makes me laugh. And that, from that moment, I just thought, oh, well, I'm just gonna write, am I allowed? I almost felt, am I allowed to just write what makes me laugh? And I started oh. doing that and it freed me. And I think I found my voice because mm -hmm. I stopped trying to be that, a children's book writer. I just mm -hmm. did what came normally. And I think oh, the other okay. thing is, the thing that comes naturally, we don't value. Right, so that's true. so true. Especially as women, I think. Don't right. you think? Absolutely. I we think, think a lot of times not only not value it, but a lot of times not even see it. It takes others it's acknowledging it yes, yes. in us. And I love how the Lord um, so gently prepared you for it without know, you even I knowing. Know. That's, his, that's where he, that's where I like to tell the story because it encourage, maybe, hopefully it will encourage someone in that position to realize if God's given you a gift, He's gonna He's gonna make everything work together yeah, to get yes. you to the point where you do what He wants you to do. And for me, I mean, the story of when I how, why I wrote the Jesus Storybook Bible. I never set out to write a Bible because I thought, I mean, I'm a Christian. I've lived in, I've been brought up in the Christian world. That wasn't my priority. I thought. I want to reach all children with very good stories, whether and they just want to bring them joy. That I felt was my calling. 
So I didn't have a big enough vision to think that I could write a Bible that could reach children who would never come to church. Right. Mm. So I wasn't interested, but I had to have, I needed money. I was, I had lost my job in massive, uh, you know, layoffs. I had an apartment in New York and God saw fit to make the circumstances so tight that I really had to say yes. <laughs> and without knowing what I was going to, I didn't have the vision yet, but he got me right where I needed to be. And he, so I took a contract to write an older Bible storybook. And it was only halfway through researching it that I went from, yeah, I'm doing this, it's going to be good, but really I'm going to finish it, get the money and move on to what I'm really supposed to be doing. I would have said that one day, but the next day something happened. And I really believe it was God just set my imagination on fire. And I then would have said, wait, if I give this everything, this could be amazing. Mm. And at that point I was thinking, well, what would C.S. Lewis do with something like this? Really? And it took the bar into a place wow. where I felt so, in I was just on fire with, you know, and then I didn't care. It was nothing about money. It was about, oh, I just want to do this and really convey what I really believe. And so that wasn't any of my plan. That was God making the six circumstances that I had to do this. And then he gave me the gift of the book mm. and I was available because he got me in that right place. So mm. I think that's good to tell for anyone who might be stuck to realize yes. it's not all up to you. Just, you know, do the next right thing. Yeah. And that the road to get there, how many years was that? It wasn't like oh, an instant no. thing. I loved writing since I was very tiny. I didn't write, I didn't publish my first book till I was over 40. Really? That's great. But you see, the other part of that is I probably, you know, you'd think, oh, it'd be much better to have started at 20. I could have done so much more, but I, I actually don't, don't think so. I don't I think, think so either. I think sometimes what, it's all about God's timing and mm -hmm. His yeah. timing. You don't miss out. And He can give in a, a year what you could have taken 10 in your own strength trying to do. Right. Oh, and that's yes. good. How, did you publish books before the Jesus Storybook Bible, or was that? Yeah, my first book was the one that the publisher said, write what makes you laugh. It's called Handbag Friends. Handbag Friends. And it looks like a pink handbag. I love that. And, But it's an adventure storybook. It's 64 pages, three episodes, got a monster, a song. It's the most crazy, out there, joyful story, and it's one of my favorites. Is it? I was about yeah. to say, do you still love it? I love it. And it's probably the best thing I can read to children and I Aww, used to go and that into, was your first one yes Aww, and great. and the lovely thing was when I sent the manuscript in which was a big hurdle because I didn't know what the publisher was going to say and he was the one who said right what makes you laugh he didn't say oh I love the story or I love this this and this he said the best thing I could possibly have heard which was I love the voice uh, and you don't uh, want and that was sort of like God's again God's kindness because it. yeah he and just telling me something that I needed to know and get out. And, I, and this goes back, sorry, that was a very long way oh, around that. to get back to, I needed to get out of the way and let the story through. So with Handbag Friends, once I said, I need to write what makes me laugh, mm -hmm. I would show up at my computer. I'd say, God, I can't do this unless you help me. And then I just, my job was to get out of the way, open up my computer and listen to the characters and what were they telling me and what oh. was happening. And, and stop thinking about myself because if I'm thinking am I a good writer am I a good writer mm. then I've so completely good. silenced the story haven't I I, I don't Gosh. ask that I ask am I telling a good story because then instead of it being selfish am I a good writer mm. and I'm going to prove it 
-hmm. you go to am I telling a good story wow and then you're thinking of the child and it's all generosity that is phenomenal and certainly plays with writing and the audience but with anything you do anything I love that I think it's really true of everything I do too it's so uh, true love God love others and you're taking your eyes off of yourself and and putting them on somebody else one the other is so crippling spur them on and It is crippling. Yes, you can't. It leaves you stuck. And then it's miserable. It's like misery. And that well, what is that stuck. sin is carved in witness? Is that Augustine? Someone said I that. I think it is Augustine. And um, yes. We're amazing That's... with our quotes, aren't we, really? Listen, <laughs> you're doing a great job. But I might be making it up. <laughs> I, I can't know. remember. <laughs> I was going to ask you, and we talked yesterday just like about what would be the five tips um, for the Sally Lloyd Jones, just things for you know joyful and peaceful living and I feel like you've been like (laughs) doling them our way and so we get out of the way and let the story through yes in whatever you're doing and if that's the story of God's love if it's the story of your life whatever is the story or if it's the story of you're a parent and you're raising your children get out of the way and let what's happening and what God's doing through you just let it be because he's the one in charge well because Um, you know when you look at your own childhood and your own upbringing we all know none of us had perfect anything no we want to protect children but sometimes we have to think but we have to it's more important that we equip them Mm -hmm. we can't stop life happening to them even though that's what we want as older if we're aunts or grandparents or parents but you know the truth is in our, our in our lives we know it's the time of suffering that's when everything changes yes it does suffering strengthens makes you stronger but it's hard as parents and it is I think it's hard for anyone you love I think it's hard to watch anyone you You love go through hardship I really do I once was praying for my nieces and nephews that are going through a really hard time and I felt God saying I'm the rescuer not you I love that and this is so true this is the result of you know the fall things aren't perfect but He's the one writing the story of our children's lives, not us. Yes. And he has it in hand. And when everything looks dreadful, we have to keep declaring the fact that he is writing the story, not us. And he is only up to great and good things. Mm-hmm. I think I might let get out of the way. Trust your voice. Mm. Um, yes. One thing that I'm learning is to stand up. To not stay small so you can be safe, mm. but to stand into what God's called you. That's yes. really good. Because I've always wanted to stay small, to stay safe. Right. And sometimes, you know, there's that tall poppy syndrome they have in Australia, which is, who do you think you are? Anyone who's too successful or whatever, fill in the blank. You want to cut them down to size. That's not something that's American, I don't think. I don't think so either. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not outwardly. Do you ever have that thing in your head, though, that says, who do you think you are? Sure. Yeah, so that's sort of it, which I think is a horrible... I think everybody does that. Well, I think to, it's to that me, questioning that you yeah. talked about earlier. To me, to to write a, a version of a, of the Bible, that, that to me is very brave. I mean, it's the most public the most published book on earth. Yeah. And yet you managed to take mm. a, a very uh, fresh and, and, and meaningful approach to it that resonates loudly. Uh, and 
is really, I mean, it's really compelling in, in all the right ways. I mean, we read through it multiple times, but oh. to me, to take the most published book it's on the planet, very foolish. And, 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 right? Rash. I mean, that is brave, but I, look at what became I of know. it. But you know, that's another, maybe that would be another thing I'd say. Um, if you're in, like, I got to the point with that book where I realized this, I realized exactly what you're saying. I'm like, what on earth am I doing? How, <laughs> how am I going to do this? And then awful thoughts would come in, like, Brennan Manning would do a much better job of this. <laughs> I mean, no, it was like, all made up. And I yeah. had, how do you even, and then I thought, I got to the point and I'd go, and I have a great friend who says, I say, you know, all we can do is pray. And she goes, has it come to that? <laughs> but I got to that ridiculous point where you actually suddenly get to the real place. And I would say, I'd sit in front of my computer, overwhelmed at what I was doing and thinking about those verses that said, don't you know, jot and tittle and don't, don't mess with these words, all that. Right, right, those. Yeah, and I would sit there and say, okay, God, you got me into this mess. I have to write this book. So unless you do it, it won't get done. So you better do it. And then I would almost not angry, but desperate. I'd say that and then I'd start writing. Mm -hmm. But why did it take me so long to get there? And why don't I always start there? And it started to make me think I need to be there in all of my writing because mm -hmm. it's true of everything. Unless God does it, it won't get done. Right. And then something about saying that prayer in that attitude gave me confidence to think, so I've prayed that, I'm in this mess, <laughs> I've got to finish this book, which is impossible, so God, you have to do it, and then mm -hmm. start writing. Sure. And that's the adventure, and, and that's true of our lives, isn't it? I well, think, it, which is exactly what you said, even about your own life, that you started thinking, oh, I love writing, and, and then you're in this job without, you couldn't have orchestrated it to no. be what it is and and someone might look at you and go oh my gosh you know she's a New York Times best-selling author and your book is in how many languages 35 30, 35 and go well wow. good for you you know good for her it worked for her but what about me I know and the truth is it was working for you even when there wasn't one book sold and every day that I sit down to write I battle the same mm -hmm. I still have to get out still. of my own way yeah people don't believe that and I'm sure you have the same they don't really believe, like, wait a minute, you did it, so of course you can do it. But you you talk to any writer and they will, even people who, um, preachers, they'll say, I'm only as good as my latest sermon. Or I think it doesn't matter who. You could talk to Your a latest, carpenter or yeah. an architect and go, oh, that house was so beautiful, but, but there that was not. I know, which is like, quit beating ourselves up. I know. Stop it. And maybe it's a being thanking the Lord that he's the one at work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also I think this would be another tip would be make sure what you're calling success is what God calls success mm -hmm. yes so my danger in, in and you know as a writer your danger is to look at all the wrong signals mm -hmm. which are mm -hmm. how many books have I sold how many bestseller lists am I on and obviously those are important but the true thing is you have to remember why you got in it in the first place. You didn't get in it to make money or get on sales lists. You you wrote because it was something in your heart. Yeah. And a really wise mentor of mine said, and this is true for anything, find the place in what you do, a picture or some event that you can go back to and you can say, that's why I'm doing what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for me, when he told me that, immediately I was in a public school in Brooklyn in one of the most troubled neighborhoods. I used to go in and read to the children. I'd read to the really little ones, so, but they were from drug addicted parents. So they were four technically, but really they're more like three. Mm -hmm. 
and some of them would hang back and look really troubled mm. and I'd go in and I'd read Handbag Friends and they were so there were three four five they'd sit through the whole book 64 pages that's not a short book no. join in with the monster song have so much fun and every single time when I finished the story they would run to me and give me a group hug yeah. and I knew Jesus is in the center of that hug and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing mm. and when I start getting miserable because I'm comparing mm -hmm. yes. I try right. to remember what better thing would it be to change a child's life than to get on the bestseller list it, oh, it, we all know sadly. it don't we but we have to remind ourselves mm -hmm. so I encourage everyone find that that picture that you can go back to it's almost like a like a snapshot you can have ready it's really because you know really you're gonna good. doubt it yeah do you have that for yourselves well, I just am gonna linger in that for a minute because mm -hmm. that's so beautiful that's just really beautiful and one time they said we had question and answers which you don't really do with the tiny tots but we did and this little girl went and I went yeah any questions she went I went yeah she went I love you oh. <laughs> so, so how could I ever question that that's the best possible right. reason to mm. be doing and it's such a reward in itself for isn't sure it? and oh, it's yeah. so much more meaningful than the bestseller list and the other thing I always think is well people on the bestseller this is my story and I'm sticking to it people on the bestseller <laughs> list a hundred years ago do we even remember who they are mm -mm. right no. so why do we think that's the judge of everything I don't I don't really understand it. but anyway I love saying that because then it, you can't really keep saying it, it sounds like sour grapes doesn't it? no it doesn't it's just the perspective and I think yeah. perspective is critically important because you can do that in your own life and go what was so important when I was right. a junior in high school well it was just getting asked to that dance and that made it all you know whatever yeah, it was right, right. and and now I'm like well that was the most ridiculous <laughs> thing how much time do you waste thinking about that and it's like no don't don't waste your don't waste the precious moments of today on things like that that misinform yeah but rather to focus on the truth and wow Sally thank you so much for spending time oh, with us because well, that is just for... chock full of like well, I so can't fun. wait to so linger good. in it and keep thinking about it I didn't get to it. hear any of yours though so I have to no this is about you oh that's right all right let's show the book <laughs> it's all about me yes <laughs> no there you go even the goldfish oh, that might show vacation that might be the last thing that it's not about us it is not. Amen. And they're part of this bigger, more amazing story. And mm -hmm. I mean, one thing I'd love to say is that when um, Londoners were asked, they'd lived through the Blitz. Right. And like several, many years later, people were asked, what was the happiest time of your life? They all said, during the time of the Blitz, which is completely mad. It was like awful, people getting bombed. And when they were asked why, they said, because we were pulling together when we were part of a greater story. Yes. And if we feel like what we're doing is part of God's greater story, it's not about our little story and mm -hmm. getting on the bestseller list and right. whatever our thing is. Right. But if we're doing, we're deployed where God's put us to do our, what only we can do, mm -hmm. right. then that's much less crazy making, isn't right. it? Because you yes. just do that. You focus on that and God has other people. Like I love meeting people who are in film or wherever they are, or mums. I mean, oh, teachers, people who have such influence you know and if they're doing what they do excellently we, d we won't know till heaven the right. ramifications because we know in our own sure. lives don't we yeah for sure wow. and that's enough of me I feel like giving you we, a I don't, I'm not sure we could get enough of you actually <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks again for joining the conversation. We love hanging out with you guys. Want to stay connected? Like or follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram. See you next time on Say Something.